now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause. Like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even. Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. Your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year. Banner 12 plus 6 here. Carson that was top rookie. I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? <laughs> AJ, I, I see you, man. She. Welcome to Anything is Potable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I'm joined, as always, by the kid, the legend, the god himself, Jay King, Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic, and we are talking after the Celtics absolutely dominate the Toronto Raptors in Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals. I don't even know what the final score ended up being because this game was pretty much won in the first half. It was pretty much won in the first quarter when the Celtics held the Raptors to only 11 points. Um, If you look at the statistics, the the Raptors shot pretty much a similar percentage to what they shot from uh, in Game 4. Uh, the Celtics actually didn't make that many more threes as we thought the kind of the big uh, kind of stat was of the series. But the Celtics just came out and dominated on the defensive end early, especially in the first quarter uh, and especially in the first half. And then um, it was basically just trying to maintain a, a 20 to 30 point lead for the rest of the game. Jay, what was your biggest reaction from kind of a I mean, we all came into this game thinking it was going to be like hyped up like this was going to be you know, a, a great game, but it, it didn't turn out that way in terms of a uh, competition. Shouts to Sammy Swojale. Um, but uh, what was your biggest takeaway from game five? I just thought that was the response that you wanted in game four. After the game three debacle, after game four, every shot missed. That first half was among the best the Celtics have played all season. The first quarter the defense was just – it was just incredible. It was outrageous. Daniel Tice was everywhere. He he was so poised. He was so quick to the ball. He was switching and staying on his feet on, on pump fakes by Lowry. He was doing it all. The Celtics were just locked in. That, that defense in the first half, I mean, the Raptors – they were stuck on five points until like three minutes left in the first quarter. They didn't reach double digits until 23.3 seconds left in the first quarter. I thought that was some of the best defense the Celtics have played all season. And and it was funny because Brad Stevens before the game, someone asked him about how the offense for the starting lineup has been struggling. And he, he responded, his first sentence was, yeah, our defense needs to be much better. <laughs> in the first and third quarters. <laughs> and then it was the defense that really set the tone. Like the offense came came afterward, but it was all defense from the start. And and that was man, man, that was an I, impressive I do, defense for showing. I do think it helped. I I agree with you that it was a completely a defensive effort, but I do think it helped that the first possession of the game 
was Jalen Brown knocking down an open three pointer. Like that seemed to like, I guess, calm everything down. Um, but basketball played on two sides of the court. I think the Celtics offense, they didn't have like dumb turnovers. Uh, they did score points, even though they didn't, I think they probably could have had a bigger lead going into the first quarter, but just as much as they can play in the half court and play uh defense, like the Raptors just did not do anything good, but you, it's kind of wilds just how bad the Raptors looked uh, on defense on offense tonight. And the Celtics just did uh, such a good job of swarming. And you mentioned Daniel Tice. He was just everywhere. Um, he scored 15 points, but he, on defense, he was doing pretty much everything. And it was just leading to good results on the other end. And then how did he um, only have two blocks? I feel like I remember five Daniel Tice blocks. He did in so much con- like contesting at the rim. I don't know if he actually got his hands on one. He did one where Kemba, I think, got credited for the block, but he was flying around. Maybe he needs to get kicked in the face during every game um, because that definitely is something that happened, and he played a lot better after that. But um, the Jalen, like, I mean, the Tice block led to, like, just their defense led to the easier offense and transition. Tice block leads to that Jalen dunk over OG. Um, I just thought everything was impressive uh, in terms of the defense. And then um, we thought the kind of the big adjustment was going to be putting Time Lord in against Ibaka. Like that's what everyone's talking about. Who's the only person who's the only person who said more Brad Wanamaker was the the key to success. That's Jam Packard, everyone. I'm the one who said Brad Wanamaker needed to come in the game because he was the best shooter off the bench. He came in three for five from deep, made some big threes in the second quarter when the Raptors were going on a little bit of a run. Um, and for a while there, it was basically only six, like, I think, other than Grant Williams, a random three at the end, which came off a nice, a very nice Tremont Waters pass. But the only other points in the game were scored by the starters and then Brad Wanamaker. And Wanamaker came in and was basically very sturdy, but his shooting from three was just like exactly what they needed. Um, especially when Nick Nurse decided to to go small, the Celtics countered with a, a classic Brad Stevens three-guard lineup, and I thought Brad Wanamaker um, was just very solid. I mean, that's what you have to say when you describe Brad Wanamaker, but he's very solid. <laughs> There's only one word for Brad Wanamaker. But he was solid. solid. He or was sturdy. Sturdy is the other word. He was both solid and sturdy, especially there in the second quarter. And I thought that was a big lift um, from the bench because no starter had a amazing game. Everyone was kind of uh, productive, but especially Wanamaker there, I think, um, allowed them to kind of kind of keep going there in that second quarter. Yeah, and that, that was one of the adjustments for Stevens was giving more minutes to Wanamaker. Wanamaker up near 30 minutes in this game. He was at 28. And so and he was he was really good. He was he was just sturdy. And so <laughs> <laughs> and the, the one play though where he like bodied Siakam, got to the rim. He's a strong, strong man. Um so I, I thought Wanamaker was was really the everybody was locked in though. Like everybody was locked in. I think Stan Van Gundy said it on the broadcast. He's like everybody who's played has had a good game, everybody, and and from the start that was just they they locked in and I think it was like the perfect response after what happened in games three and four. You you talked about Jalen coming out and hitting his first three, which I thought was maybe important for him, but maybe it didn't matter. He came, he missed the next two. He shot three within like two or three minutes, and then that didn't phase him he got got a rebound went by van vliet in in transition drew a foul like it was just a totally different effort from him and and really the celtics team like 
they shut down Siakam again, which I mean, he only had ten points after after what he did in in Game Four. Really, he got the best of Jalen. It was huge to to turn the tables on that. Um, foul it's, trouble hurt the the Raptors too with Van Vliet and Siakam. Both, oh, don't let don't let foul. Nick Nurse hear you say that. Nick Nurse has been complaining about that since uh, the first foul of the game, but. You mentioned Siaka only ten. No, no, points. go out, go off on Nick Nurse. Points, <laughs> I mean, please. Nick Nurse. It's ridiculous at this point. He's every single time the camera points to him, it's just him complaining. It got so bad during the game that like the commentators had to start talking about. Oh, he looks like a he looks like an upset parent at Disney World. He got a teched up uh, just for complaining. Like, how are you complaining about the refs when your team is down twenty? How are you complaining about your refs when Kyle Lowry has ten points in the game? Like that should be the like it's ridiculous. I'm glad he didn't come out and have like the ridiculous quotes after the game complaining about how many of the fouls were, but he's whining the entire game and every single time they they go to him on the sidelines, he's screaming at the referees. And frankly, it's a uh, it's obnoxious and I won't stand for it. But like getting back to the actual game, like Kyle Lowry was very impressive, I think, in game four where he would attack the basket and he scored so many points in the first quarter. I think he did the same in game three, looking at his stats tonight, he only had eight shots. And I'm trying to think back about like what the Celtics did in terms of slowing Kyle Lowry down. Like Lowry did everything. They blocked everything, but like also the Raptors look kind of tired after uh, two games of like 45 plus minutes. I don't like, obviously you say that when they're playing well or, or they're not playing well, but I mean, they just didn't look that as aggressive tonight. And just as it's like it's bad for Kemba Walker to only take nine shots, I don't see how the Raptors are going to win many games when Kyle Lowry's only taking eight shots. Like the the Celtics really did were clamped down on defense and were Brad's favorite phrase, getting into the ball um, uh, on defense. And the Raptors just like they they wilted uh, under that pressure. I don't know if they were tired. I don't know and. It's probably a combination of the Celtics really stepping up their energy and the the being a little bit fatigued, but you know Kyle Lowry just didn't have the kind of that championship performance as he's had in the past two games. Live sports are back. It's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure your Nuggets are as safe as possible when that matchup happens. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. I know Packard likes to keep his balls tight and clean. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man like him. Because of their, their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a new and improved lawnmower waterproof cordless body trimmer performance boxer briefs which are so damn comfortable and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining the perfect package 3.0 also comes with the crop preserver and crop reviver the crop preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant nobody likes it better than when you smell beautiful down there the crop reviver is a spray-on toner it's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Again, that get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com 
and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. Yeah, Lowry, I thought, in games three and four, really dragged the Raptors on his back. And when when he and Van Vliet aren't getting easy shots, then they're not the same shot makers that Kemba and Tatum are. Like, it's tougher for them to to get separation. It's tougher for them to to get their own offense. And I, I think that's kind of the difference to me in this series is that when the two teams are at their best, I think the Celtics are just better because their defense is at least close to as good and their offense is just on another level. And I think we saw that in game one. I think we certainly saw it in the first half of game five. That was that, that half. And I'm probably being totally overreactive here. That's gotta be one of the better halves any team has played this season, considering the stakes, considering the opponent, the defending champions who are so damn tough to to go go in at halftime up what was it twenty seven points sixty two to thirty five like to hold a team to thirty five in one half when considering the amount of times the Celtics have given up thirty points in one quarter it, and this is Eastern Conference semifinals like that is a defensive performance that is wildly impressive like one adjustment that um, watch the games be uh, talked about in the comments right here is they they kind of put smart on Lowry. Um, normally we've seen a lot of Tatum on Larry. Um, I don't want to credit like one guy specifically, but I thought it was, it was helpful. And, um, but they were just flying around. I got, it all comes back to Danny two blocks and, uh, Daniel Tice doing a lot of contesting at the rim, but they were, Kemba was playing his ass off, uh, on defense. And he talked about in the post game, checking the heart of the team. Um, you're right. This is the kind of response that the team you wish they had in game four. Uh, but it's impressive to see them kind of come and, and do this in game five. And it's like gives you confidence in game six, but you have to also anticipate that the, the Raptors are going to come out playing for their lives in game six and kind of also try to throw that counter punch in the mouth. Yeah. The, the, the most interesting part of the post game press conferences to me, I mean, I thought this was a really mature response. Jason Tatum was like, yeah, tonight, like it's exciting. And he's like, but it's also frustrating. Why why don't we follow the game plan like that all the time? He said, Why don't why don't we look like that all the time? And so that was mature to me. Like it wasn't it wasn't like, oh yeah, we went out there and clapped them, let's do it again. It was we can be better than we were in games three and four. Let's let's do this more often type of thing. And I, I think that that that's I mean, we'll look we we saw the response here in game five. I think we'll learn more about the Celtics maturity in game six. Like if they come out and give that same defensive effort and just try to close the door, I think that that will show a lot about their maturity. Yeah. And Jalen Brown kind of echoed those sentiments. He's like, what does it say about your team that you guys came out and gave this performance? And his immediate response was, it doesn't say anything. Um, and so you know, Brad's had his classic like Kaizen quote about what the mindset of the team. It's not about like it's not about winning this game. It's not about winning three games. It's about uh, just getting better and getting locked in. And so I think the real test is how do they like kind of perform when they're um, when they're up and when their backs are not against the wall as they as they felt like they were at this game. But big win for game five. 
normally winning game five of a series when it's tied 2-2 is uh, does very good things for the team. Um, I don't know the exact statistics, but it's uh, generally good to be up 3-2 rather than down 3-2. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and an ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com Celtics and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to getroman.com Celtics today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash Celtics. Getroman.com slash Celtics. We're going to transition now to my favorite part of the show, Potable Six Pack. If you are a local brewery or a national brewery and want to talk about, uh, we'll sponsor the Potable Six Pack where me and Jay pick our six favorite things from this game. Uh, by all means, slide into the DMs. But Jay, um, I'm going to give you the first pick tonight. What was your favorite item of this game? When Daniel, when Daniel Tice got kicked by Pascal Scott. <laughs> I, I know that's a dark horse for the first pick. I know there were other plays, uh, other things that were more significant from a basketball standpoint. Watching Daniel Tice get accidentally drop kicked in the face was incredible. I don't think I've ever seen that before where a guy just literally gives the Shawn Michaels. <laughs> It was just an incredible moment. It was the perfect photo of of Siakam's outstretched leg just kicking Daniel Tice, and that was my number one pick. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to go with, so I got the second and third picks. I'm going to go with the, the Tice block into the Jalen dunk. Jalen took off from an absolutely absurd thing. We shouldn't be surprised at this point. Um, but my main man, Fraser Ramon, Steve Merkel on Twitter had an amazing, uh, immediately turned it into some great uh, art, but it was just a cool ass dunk. The entire sequence was cool. And so, and just was Jalen getting back in the flow. Um, I also just, you know, just had a good tweet going to it. I just, I had a great Twitter night and that kind of like had me going into the flow. You're more um, annoying than Nick Nurse is complaining. <laughs> I, that is actually impossible to do. Nick Nurse is the most obnoxious man on earth. Um, but my third, or, uh, my second pick is going to be the Marcus Smart Cobra steal um, was just it was just pretty badass. It came after a cool Kyle Lowry play. It was I'll choose the entire sequence of defense um, from the Kyle Lowry steal to the Marcus Smart Cobra steal. But I just thought it was a uh, it was cool and it was classic Marcus Smart. It just I don't know how he does it, but it was pretty badass. Yeah, that that was he he does that more often probably than anybody. Maybe Kawhi is like. The other one in that discussion, but you don't you don't see that very often. Um, Brad Stevens, I don't know whether it was his halftime speech or whether they just showed it at halftime, but when he was basically saying 
bad stuff is going to happen to us. And, <laughs> and then he said, but today it doesn't send us anywhere but right here. I'm telling you. <laughs> the man is a Kaizen wizard. He's a mental alpha. <laughs> like, he basically said, you guys have been super connected. Today, bad stuff doesn't send you anywhere but right here to this moment, to this team. <laughs> I, I thought that was classic, classic Brad Zen moment. He, I've, I feel like he's been more spiritual during this bubble. It's the walk of sanity. Seen. It's the walk of sanity he takes every day. It has to be. Like, what is he doing on those walks of sanity that, that he gets gets these speeches? I, I feel like this is a new wrinkle for, for Brad. He's always been about like the process and being in the moment and all that but he is he has taken it to another level well we don't normally get access to his like halftime speeches and maybe this is a different thing in the bubble but maybe he's just like this constantly but yes yeah, yeah. so he's been very much like mr miyagi zen master like breathe in like, breathe in improvement uh, i feel like he might have negativity <laughs> the entire nba hiatus at phil jackson's place in montana and just just sat there with incense going and just learned Phil Jackson's ways because he really came back the Kaizen master. The wild thing is that he's not the Zen master, the Kaizen master. The Kaizen that was, master. You didn't give that nearly enough credit. No, but it was good. You should probably tweet that at you. People would like that. Um, yeah. The wild thing is he talks about being present and being in the moment and just like it has to be right now, you know? And then after the game, he's like, I had no idea it was Labor Day. Do you think that was a goof, or do you think he actually has no idea that I it's Labor Day? I guarantee he had no clue it was Labor Day. <laughs> there is no chance he had any idea it was Labor the Day. The walk of sanity at no point walked on a calendar. He did not look at his phone. He has no like, – does he have any idea of holidays? But um, that was that was great stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I get one more pick. This is my last pick. When Grant Williams boxed out OG Ananobi – and just butt tackled him. Like it, <laughs> it was, it was an impressive box out. And then they called the foul on OG. They called the foul on OG. It was, it was a rare moment of Grant physicality where Grant was not penalized for it. So I thought, I thought that box out was fierce. It was, it was a definitely a fierce box out. I like also liked it later in the game where it's just Grant Williams trying to box out Chris Boucher and. Grant Williams pretty much just shoved him in the back, but basically decleated him. Um, anytime Grant Williams is going to go up against the lanky Chris Boucher, that's going to happen. So that's a good pick. I have a number of things. So I'm going to go with some honorable mentions right now um, before I get to the actual one. Marcus Smart at point, some point in the third quarter like had a wide open three in the corner, but basically tried to draw the foul, and it led to a terrible, terrible uh, pass to Daniel Tice. He was more concerned with trying to – grift than he was trying to make the shot and that's just some classic Marcus Smart um I have to give Danny Ainge credit for tweeting about Janos in the middle of a third quarter like of a playoff game that's pretty absurd for a GM to be doing that was Um, like that was basically Ainge being like yeah this this game's a laugher this this one's over all I want is to have Janos tweeting about soup (laughs) <laughs> soup is good apparently danger cart knows who Janos is i've always thought it's mike zarin but danger cart's not revealing his sources um last honorable mention Ennis Cantor got some uh minutes that late strong tan like maybe not good at basketball but the man has been outside and he's, he's looking good that's that's good good orlando son all right but my final thing is this is like some classic 
just NBA commentary. Um, Shaquille O'Neal talking about Daniel Tice at halftime. And what, who, who do you think the player, what do you think is the race of the player comp that Shaquille O'Neal came up with uh, during his halftime analysis? I'm going to go with Caucasian. He was a Caucasian man. Yes. He compared him to Birdman. And I like, I kind of like that comp though. It's a decent comp, but it's just like so cliche at this point that like, if he's a, if like there's, there was never going to be a black player that Shaq was going to compare him to. He was going through his Rolodex of white players. But I think, to- but it's not like he compared him to like Ronnie Cycli or <laughs> Keith Van Horn or of the Tom com- Gugliotta. Like- of the white comparisons, it's a better white comparison. But I'm just saying, it was only ever going to be a I, white comparison. I think Birdman's a perfect comparison. He can shoot what's better than better, Birdman. He's what's a better, a better comparison player than Birdman. But what's a better comparison than give me give me a better comparison than Birdman and I'll seed this battle to you. I don't know. I should have had a, I should have had a black player ready to go to compare to Daniel Tice, but I don't have one. See, I'll See? come back to you tomorrow with a Shaq, better. Shaq was right. What was far more annoying from Shaq was when he pretended like he didn't know Daniel Tice's name. Oh, that's his bit now. He pretends he doesn't know Spencer yeah. Dimwitty's name. It's not a good bit, even. It's just uh... he, like he's picking good players. It would be one thing been if, a starter if, on the Celtics for the entire year. It would be more fun if he claimed like he didn't know Joel Embiid's name or something, because Joel Embiid is like the big guy that he's bashed sometimes and gone back and forth with. I, I I would respect that bit, but you you can't pick like pretty good players and just say you forget their names. That that's not funny. It also is just like, yeah, I'm bad at my job because I don't know the players or the things that I'm talking about. It's just not a not a good look for Shaq uh, generally. But you know what? Um, we're complaining about the little things here. We're not complaining uh, about Celtics just not coming out and playing good basketball or missing a guy wide open for a three-pointer. The Celtics could have won the, uh, been up this uh, series, could have already won it, put it away. But you know what? I'm still a little salty about uh, game three. But – you know what? Got to be in the moment. Got to channel the Brad Kaizen energy um, and be about the future and be about now and be in the present. Um, those the Kaizen things, master. The Kaizen master, Brad Stevens, will lead us all to victory and the promised land. Um, if you guys want to be, join us in the promised land. Uh, spaceship leaves tomorrow. But you can continue watching uh, here on the Periscope or listening uh, on the podcast. We're going to be keep doing this every day this week and live here after every single Celtics playoff game. So thank you for listening to this episode of Everything is Potable!